Welcome to Encounter Jesus Within Us. I'm Larry Yelnick. I want to introduce Patrice Gage, a fellow student in Encounter School of Ministries. And I'm just very honored to know her. She is a beautiful child of God, a beautiful woman in, in Christ. And I just am very pleased to introduce her to you. Go ahead, Patrice. Thank you, Larry. And, and, and I that feel the same way. Encounter School has just done wonderful things in my life. And one of them is the people that I've met and the lifelong friends and, and family. And you are, are, are just a, a dear brother of mine, Larry. And I'm just so, I, 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 every time I see you, have it be in mass or encounter, I just thank God for bringing us together. And then also the icing or the cherry on the, on the, on the Sunday is meeting your beautiful wife, Sharon. So, so thank you. And thank you for, for reaching out to me so that I can share my testimony, because I want to say, Larry, this is the first time. I mean, I've shared with close friends and family, but never really have gone on stage or, or in front of a group have I shared, you know, my full testimony. So I'm very excited and just praying um, for the Holy Spirit to just, just, you know, speak through me so that I may, with my words, encourage others. So, so yeah, so I was born and raised in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan. I grew up um, in the parish of Shrine of the Little Flower, right there on the corner of Woodward and 12 Mile, never realized as a little girl, what a beautiful, beautiful shrine and how many people just love and adore this, this church. I had, you know, been there every day, I went to Shrine Grade School right across the street. You know, we would have mass there. And it just was, it was a beautiful, beautiful church. And there was one priest, Father Edward Proust. You know, you talk about miraculous healings. My sister, who is 65, back when she was 16, got sick with uh, chickenpox. And then it turned into Rye syndrome, which turned into the swelling in her brain, encephalitis. And she was dying. And in the ICU. Now I was a little girl then because I was the youngest of seven and she was second in line. And, and I had chicken pox too at the time. So everybody was worried like, is, is that going to be my next um, step? But anyway, so she, they called Father Edward Proust to the bedside, my parents did, to give my sister her last rites because she was dying. And he prayed over her and she raised her hand. And my sister is a mother of uh, four children living out in California. Her second son is in his sixth year of priesthood. So, you know, when I think about miraculous healings, sometimes you look back on your life and think, oh my goodness, this is when Jesus was first giving me that taste of the beauty of healings, you know, right there in my own home as a young girl not yet understanding everything, but I always remembered as I would go to church and, and, and see Father Proust that he was this special man. And I would always go up and hug him. My father always said, hug priests, you know, priests, they need to be touched and loved. And my father would hug him, you know, and all priests. And, and it was just, it was just a, a beautiful thing. And, and so I thank Father Proust because he's been an instrumental man in my life. 
So I, as I shared, I was the youngest of seven. I grew up in a Catholic family. My mother was a teacher in a Catholic school, and then she became a principal as I got older and, and I was in high school. She was a principal of a Catholic school. So she was always quite the disciplinarian, quite the just um, this wonderful mother. But like many families, our family suffered lots of hardships. We had, I had a brother with a severe mental illness. I had brothers and my father who had some addictions. And so it caused lots of issues in our family growing up. And, and my parents had a lot of difficulty in their marriage because of my dad's alcohol addiction. And one day when I was in high school, I came home and I found my mom sitting in the chair, just, just distraught and crying. And I asked her what was going, you know, many times I would always come to her aid. And she shared with me that she that night was thinking about committing suicide. And she went on to share about how she just can't live any longer in this life. She's this Catholic principal, but yet if she were to divorce my father, she would lose her job and lose her livelihood. And here I was probably 16, 17 years old, kneeling, you know, at the feet of my mother, just trying to just help her see Jesus and see that he would help heal our family. And the next day I shared with my dad how despondent my mother was. And that was the first time of many times I, I would plead with my dad that he heard me. And over the course of weeks, months, years, I watched my parents repair their marriage through counseling within the Catholic Church. There was a wonderful counselor that worked with on their marriage, on my father's addiction. And I watched them repair a marriage that had years of just pain and, and destruction and 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 they were like newlyweds, you know. So here I was graduating from high school and then in college, and they were off anything, you know, that they could do within their Catholic faith, they were doing. They would travel and various Marian conferences and, and they just had this adoration and love for Mary. And they shared with me the Eucharistic adoration. And so I was really blessed as the youngest of seven, although I saw a lot of suffering in our family, I also saw how Jesus can transform a heart and then transform two, two hearts and so that they become one again. And, uh, and so, so that, you know, at the time, I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was great, but I didn't realize until I got um, into a point in my life when I found myself like my mother down on my knees, you know, that how helpful this watching my parents go through this, how helpful that could be to me and, and just Jesus and how beautiful, like I, I would see the joy in my parents' eyes and up until they both, they both have, have since died, but I was with them and in their suffering and, and to to them it was not suffering they just wanted to be with jesus they just grew in, in the love of jesus so so for that i'm thankful so that that was kind of you know like as far as my childhood i i just grew to love jesus even as a young girl through that suffering i remember having a little altar in my backyard that i would go to that i made myself i made a little altar a little place that i could pray and that was kind of my refuge for the stress or whatever discord that was going on in, inside the house at that time. 
And that was my place where I could be with Jesus. So there was always points in my life where I knew he was there and he would just bless me with love and peace at, at just the right moments. And and I think about in, in college, you know, I was going through a really rough time and experimenting with, you know, alcohol and, and just different things and really just let loose in my life. I felt like I, I just, you know, I, I don't know what was going on, but there was an unleashing of myself. And I really knew in my heart that that was not me, that I wanted to lead a closer life with Jesus. And one day I was just crying and, and, and just very despondent in my dorm room. And, and I started praying and this sense of like, almost like a blanket of love came over me and just quieted my tears and my anxiety and my concern. And just from that moment on, you know, I always felt that blanket at times of distress and, and I knew it was Jesus. And so I just, um, like, it's, it's funny how you look back in your life at times and you see these moments where he just has come to just be a loving father. So I guess that's kind of like, I know, you know, you were asking about my faith background and, and, and my childhood that kind of, you know, sums it up. I, I think because of my parents and watching them and, and, and their love of the Virgin Mary and, and their prayerfulness, I really started enjoying Eucharistic adoration. And as a young girl, even when I was trying to make decisions in my life, you know, going to nursing school or who should I date, I would go to the Adoration Chapel at Shrine and, and just sit there. And it was a beautiful chapel. It was a 24-hour chapel, seven days a week. And you had to get to it from the outside of the church. And just that quiet time in such a busy life of a young girl. So I, I, I always found peace there and uh, still to this day do. So, so anyway, I, you know, I, 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 I consider encounters within my life, what I call like poppets, you know, as a young girl <laughs> or as a teen or as a college student, poppets, meaning I would have these encounters and Jesus would blanket me with love. But then I would go back to my life and the secular life and, 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 you know, not, not following the path as closely as I should. Right. And, but he always brought me back to him. And even, even in a situation, you know, like when I think about encounters with Jesus, I have a son who's now 24, but when he was a young baby, six months old, he was diagnosed with severe food allergies and and he, he would, if he had any milk or nut products, his face would swell up, his lips would swell up, his throat would, you know, and he would stop being able to talk. It was just a very distressful time. And so we would have to give him epinephrine and call an ambulance. And, you know, so over time, I learned how to care for him and what to avoid and, and foods like that. But we also lived somewhat out in the country in Howell. And we were in a new subdivision where the ambulance couldn't always find us. And one day as a toddler, he accidentally drank some jute milk of his brother's that I was not aware of. And I could tell that he was having another reaction. 
And I called the ambulance and I, 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 you know, gave him his medication and I got him in my car and I was just driving down the dirt road because the ambulance sometimes wouldn't be able to find me. So I knew where that they, I could find them on their route. And uh, Mitchell wasn't talking and I was just praying, you know, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, let, you know, help him, help him. And then I heard him and when he got really sick because his vocal cords, his larynx, his trachea would swell, he wouldn't be able to talk. And he said, then I could hear him in the back of the van talking. And I said, Mitchell, Mitchell, what are you saying? He says, mama, I'm talking to Jesus. And I knew right then that Jesus was there in the van. Again, here I am a mom, so busy with everything else. Don't have time in my life, you know except to pray here and there. And here's Jesus coming back to me saying, Patrice, I love you. I, I, I heard your prayer, even though I'm not hearing you pray enough. I heard you at this desperate moment. And, and here I am healing your son in the back of the back of car. So, so that, you know, I just, that's what I want to share. I guess most importantly with people is even when you are not as close as you think you should be or could be to Jesus, he is always there, always right next to you. Always just, you know, his, his, his ear is so close to your lips that you don't even know it, you know, and it, it's just to me, and you know, the more I've learned about him through my path and through my experiences, especially with encounter ministry, the more I realize just how loving and merciful and kind and, and forgiving and, and, you know, wanting to heal and help you in your daily uh, life. It's just amazing. So, but, so I, I want to share how I came to join Encounter Ministries. I, I, you know, in my marriage, I'm the mother of four children. We would take the kids to school. I mean, I'm sorry, to church every Sunday. We had them enrolled at St. Joseph's Church, I mean, in school. And, you know, we would participate in, in, in anything that the church involved, but just to a certain level. Like I would go and I would sit in mass and maybe I would be busy with the kids or looking around at other people, but not really listening, not really just spending that time with God. And it wasn't until a shakeup in our marriage where after 26 years, my husband came to me and said that he was no longer happy and he wanted to leave and he wanted a divorce. And it just was, it just shook me to the core. And it, we had had problems early, you know, off and on. And I knew that there was some issues that he had, but I never knew that it would get to the point where he would say, yes, I want a divorce. And so within a couple of months, I found myself selling our, the home that we raised our children and moving into a rental condo, you know, with my two youngest at the time were living with me. And, but during that time, I, you know, my life was just shook to the core. Like this was my life. I was a mother. I was a wife. I was a Catholic, you know, we were this great Catholic family that everybody looked to. And here this was happening to, to us. And I, I turned to my friends, Paula Wallace, who happened to be an encounter student at the time. I didn't know what encounter school was. Nancy Dewey, another encounter school student at the time I didn't know. And Eileen Craig. And I turned to them when this first happened and they said, meet me at the church. And they would pray on me. 
And so like every week they would pray on me. They would listen to me crying and listen to my situation and how my husband was leaving me and what would I do and where would I live? And what about the girls? And now I got to get a job again. And, and where am I going to work? And how can I do all of this? And then they would pray on me. And it, and, and through this prayer, as they would pray on me and they would say the most loving things to me. And it was just, it just gave me the food that I needed to get through to that next day. And I just admired these three women and I admired the things that they said and the love that they had for Jesus. And they shared with me, you know, the month was approaching July and Encounter Ministry was having one of its intensive conferences. And so I went to it. And during that time, I didn't know I had to put my house up for sale and it was very painful. And I didn't know where I was going to live. Like I couldn't buy another house. I didn't have a job and I had two girls, you know, and I'm going through this intensive conference and I just felt this piece that God would take care of it. And I remember sharing that with somebody like during a break. She said, so where are you going to live? And I said, well, I don't know, but I'm going to trust in God and, and have God, God will help find it for me. And she said, well, you, you do know you got to look, don't you? <laughs> and I kind of chuckled. I said, well, yeah, well, that next day at work, I, I don't usually look at it. It was my lunch hour. So I looked at my email and, and that's not something I normally do during work hours but it was my lunch hour and I saw an email that had a condo for rent. And so I immediately called and I ended up getting that condo. It was really hard to get uh, condominiums. It was really hard to even find rental units at that time. And when I went, I you know brought my daughter and, uh, and Jesus just found this for me. And, and I just will praise him to this day because it was, you know, you worry about safety and where am I going to live? And I have these two young daughters who are going to school and being dropped off and picked up, you know, on a bus. And I was in this community with older, older people <laughs> and the most loving people, the most loving woman across the street who shared with me after I've been there a couple of weeks, I just want you to know, I keep an eye out for your daughters when they come home from school. And I just, you know, it just was Jesus, you know, reaching me in these moments of anything that I worried about. He answered that prayer with these beautiful people and even finding a job. I found a job through Jesus's help in his Virgin Mary's intercession where I'm a school nurse. So I could have holidays and weekends and summers off, you know, to be with my girls, which was another one of my concerns because I had been a stay-at-home mom and I wanted to give the two youngest everything that their older brothers had. So I know that's a long way to go around about why I joined Encounter Ministries, but what had happened is through these gentle Encounter Angel students, they shared with me, oh, come to this or come to that. And one day I went to an inner healing. And at that point I was divorced and just feeling like how, uh, how trying to re figure out who I was in the Catholic church. I felt such shame. I felt such shame as a divorced woman. I felt such guilt like that I had 
done so many things wrong. And that's why I am, you know, in the state that I am. And so I went to this inner healing and, and Nancy, who's, you know, shared with me, come do it. And, and these were encounter students. I didn't know, you know, and I spent a couple hours with two women that were total strangers at the start that were, were the most loving, healing ministers to me during those two hours as they walked me through so many points of my life, so many points in my marriage and in my family that had caused me pain and, and suffering. And it wasn't to the end. And at this point, you know, Jesus knew what was in my heart. He knew that I was always somebody that was looked upon as being, oh, this, look at that Catholic family with the four children and the one little girl that's adopted. And everybody looked at me in this community as like this strong Catholic family. And here now I was, you know, divorced and, and just faltering and, and, but, and that, and that seemed the real beauty. And she, and when I saw these women and, and the time I spent with these women, I found these women to be so beautiful, such just beautiful daughters of Christ. And it wasn't until the very end I had left and I was sharing my experience and, you know, the names of the, of the, the two women that ministered to me. And I found out that they too were divorced. So Jesus, and it just brought me to tears because Jesus was showing me these two women who I admired, who I didn't know, total strangers, they too were divorced. And so Jesus was showing me the beauty of, of these women. And it doesn't matter, married, divorced, single, never married, whatever, whatever you, whoever you are, you're, you're beautiful in just who you are and in the eyes of God. And so that was just, you know, just a beautiful point. And Jesus, you know, would come down and just almost kiss me on the cheek and say, see, these women that you found so beautiful and so loving and so healing to you are divorced. And, and that, look at how beautiful that is. You know, I mean, not, not that they're divorced, but that, that look at how, how, how I love them so much and how I just raise them up and, and give them these gifts so that they can minister to other people like you. So I knew, I knew with that, that I needed to be more involved with Encounter Ministries and, and I, I would go to their transformation nights and, and get prayed upon. And I just, I was just soaking in everything. And I, I would pray to God, like when in my life, you know, I was living in this condo, working, you know, raising my two youngest children, when, when, when will my turn be to, to, to be a student instead of always reaping the benefits of the healing and the prayers and the love from Encounter Ministry? When will be my turn? And, and during this time, you know, it was also painful, you know, with my, with my divorce, but I would pray for, for Ray. And when I would go, I remember one transformation night, I was just really on my heart. It was getting close to Christmas. And I was just really worried, like, how does Christmas work when you're divorced and, and you have these kids and, and you have to split that time when it was, you know, it was such a beautiful time of Jesus's birth. And, and I, was, I had some apprehension and some anxiety going into the season. And there was a transformation night in December that I went to. And I had this beautiful couple pray on me 
and I shared with him the, the with them the apprehension that I had and how I wanted I worried about my ex husband and I wanted him to enjoy his children, um, but he he seemed okay just seeing you know here and there, and they talked to me about soul ties and cutting the soul tie, and they prayed on me for that, and I remember you know in my heart. I didn't yet wasn't ready to cut the soul tie because I just really loved my husband and I knew he was going through a, a rough time. And I knew when he asked for that divorce that there was an influence that was above him. And, and so I just remember this man said, what is his name? And I shared his name was Ray and he moved aside and he prayed, prayed about him. And I just thought it was so lovely. Like here I am you know, sharing my heart out about this man that, you know, in all this situation, and he was praying for him. And I just found such, such love in that. And then I, and it just brought such mercy into my heart and forgiveness that on Christmas morning, I called Ray or I sent him a text and I just said, would you like to come and share in Christmas morning with the children? Cause they were all staying with me. And right away he responded, yes. And he came and I'll never forget when he, op- when I opened the door, I just hugged him and it was just like, like a radical son, but this was a husband coming home. I knew what I the sense in his eyes that Jesus had transformed him and was just transforming his heart because I could just tell and looking in his eyes that my husband was coming back. And it took some time and it took a lot of prayer and a lot of healing and a lot of counseling on our part. But when just the other day I was asked, like, how could you forgive him? You know, how, 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 how can you forgive somebody that had put you through so much pain and said things and did things and, and, and just, you know, and I said, Jesus, you know, I said, he's the master surgeon and he, He's forgiven me for so many things that I did in my life and some of the horrible things I said and did to people. How could I not? You know, he, he just gave me such a new heart for people and, 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 and for myself and, and understanding that, that I fall and I'm such a sinner, but, but he just loves me and, and he will pick me back up and brush off my knee and, set me back on my feet and say, okay, try it again, Patrice. And, and how could I not let that be part of my life? And especially, you know, I used to joke when I first let him back in, he started coming to church with us and somebody said that. And I said, well, my job is to get him to heaven, you know? And that was so true because I, I love my husband and I wanted him to have a relationship with his kids. And most of all, I wanted him to go to heaven because I had experienced this new relationship with Jesus through my encountering, you know, through being on my knees. And um, so anyway, over time, we, I, I said to him, I said, Ray, I said, if you, if, you know, I wanted him to repair the relationship with his children, which he was and did. And he found a beautiful counselor who was Christian and she just um, had him read books and, and just brought him back into his faith. And I shared with him, I said, if you're going to be part of my life, this is where I'm at now. I'm no longer 
the, you know, just going to church and sitting in the pew and thinking about the to-do list for later on that day. I have a close relationship with Jesus now and I am living every day for him. And he said, no, I'm ready. And I watched the transformation and the conversion of him um, in his heart. And it's the most beautiful thing. And I'm just, I, I feel so blessed um, and, and so lucky. And sometimes I say to God, like, thank you for, I mean, I say to God that I say that every day. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I, I thank him for all of this. And when I look back on my suffering, I know if it wasn't for my suffering, if it wasn't for everything that happened in my life, I would not be in the rich state I am with living so closely with God that through suffering, through being down on our knees and not knowing what we, who we are, what we're going to do day to day is really what brings us so close to our father. And he never abandoned me. He never abandoned me. And so for that, I'm so thankful. So because I was able to have uh, right back in my life and, and back in my children's life, I didn't worry as much about, you know, Leah and spending time with her, I was able now to spend more time with, with doing these things for myself. And so the fall came and I joined Encounter School. And there I met you, Larry. And never forget, like a couple of weeks in, sharing with you my story. Because, you know, Ray and I were still just working on getting back together. And there was still a lot of trepidation. And, and But with Encounter Ministries, I just, my life is just so much better. And and I'm learning, you know, the increase of love and, and peace and joy and boldness and all these wonderful things from, from our teachers and encounter ministry and from our fellow students. Wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is so beautiful. And you, the family has been made whole. And that's what you were looking for. And the family is so important. And I, I, I see this when I see you and Ray. I see Ray more often than I see you. It still doesn't come to the men's Saturday morning. But, <laughs> but you know, the, the, the daily mass, it's rare that I don't see him there. Oh, my goodness. He loves that. He, he will do anything. I mean. It's just such a joy that brings tears to my eyes, Larry, to see him, you know, and, and, and for him, you know, he could have just said, oh, God would never forgive me. Look at all the sin. Look at all the, no, he, God was restoring him and, 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 and lifting him up. And he is like, so happy every morning, you know, to go to church. Like that's how he starts his, well, prayer and then to church and nobody would ever guess that you know five years ago that ray would be where he's at and it's not just to get his wife back it is how ray loves to start his day is with mass daily mass you know and 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 the bread and and the body the nourishment that's needed to get through the day it's just amazing to see that very good. Now, I have another question. How does it feel to you as a encounter close to being a graduate and seeing healings happen that you oh. are a part of? Tell me what your thoughts. 
you know, it's, it's kind of funny, Larry, cause you know, I'm a nurse and I, you know, Jesus has been with me, even as a young girl in high school, I worked at the hospital. I was a nursing assistant and I'll remember on Thanksgiving morning, one day helping an older man put on um, those support hose, we called them Ted hose. And it was just so hard, you know, for this man. So I was helping him. I'm down on my knees and I'm helping this man put hose on. And I just felt this intense just love for this man. And I remember going home and just crying for the suffering that this man was going through that morning and how I was able to help him. And so I knew then that Jesus was going to find a way for me to go to nursing school. And, and with nursing school, I, I enjoyed, you know, different working in the hospital, working in home health. I did hospice nursing, pediatric hospice nursing. So I had the honor of escorting, you know, these beautiful children back into the father's arms in heaven. And so when it came to encounter ministry, I thought, oh, healing, you know, I thought, oh, this is kind of down my you know, path, you know, experience, right? But that was probably one of the last gifts, you know, or one of the last, because here it was my second year as an encounter student. It's my third encounter conference, because I, you know, went to one when I was going through my divorce. That was my first one. And so it was my third one. And here I am, my husband by my side now. And I had Marie and Paula, two of my close friends who walked with me through my divorce, who prayed on me also there. And they were sitting across the aisle and, um, and we were doing some praise and worship. And, and I, I can't remember exactly how, but they said, you know, to reach out to the people behind you and talk to them, or I can't remember exactly how it all started, but I turned around. I felt the Lord say to me, you know, turn around and share with those people, those young men behind you. And I just shared who my, how I was. And, and I asked, could I, could I pray for them? And what did they need anything, you know, for healing? Little did I know by looking around their necks that they were two young priests. And, and so then I thought, oh my goodness, here I'm asking these young priests if they need some healing. And the one right away said, yes, I have some, you know, some back pain. I, I, you know, I had some back pain and, you know, and so I said, okay. And I was really nervous because up until then I had participated in the healing services and I had witnessed, you know, and, and prayed on many of people, but never really did I get anything, you know, miraculous in the healing that, that I witnessed within my own eyes. And so, but I was patient because I knew the Lord was working in, in different ways with me. And although it was hard at times, I, I just was waiting, you know? And so because of my insecurity, I went, I got Marie and Paula to come and pray with me because I thought, oh, oh, certainly if anybody's going to be healed, I'll, I'll need extra, I'll need these extra women. And, you know, who are so holy and, and, and have had success in healing to help me. And so we're praying on the one gentleman with the lower back pain. And, and, and I remember at one point looking up and seeing Ray, you know, with his arm raised up. And I just thought it was so beautiful. And, and he felt, you know, the pain, I can't remember where he was at, but maybe he was at a five and it was down to a two and, you know, and so, so he was kind of walking around and we prayed on him some more and, you know, so he felt like he was healing, but not fully. But then, so then we moved to the, 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 the priest next to him, his friend who was, you know, this young man. And he looked at me and he said, I've had knee pain 
for years. And it makes me sad because I want to genuflect and show Jesus how I love him. And it's hard to genuflect. And I think he almost joked, like, I want to genuflect like a ballerina, you know, just (laughs) to my love. And this young man, and I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, you know, wow, what a beautiful thing, this young priest, that's, you know, and he's just offering him, you know, this suffering that he's had. So Paula, myself and Marie, you know, we, 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 we did the prayer, you know, had him in the posture of, you know, laying out his leg in front of us. And Paula was down by his feet. I was over his knees. Marie was by his shoulders. And we were, you know, just praying and just asking the Lord for this healing. And Paula said to me later on that she felt a jolt in his foot. And, and he had shared with us that the leg, one of his legs was longer than the other and that affected his walking. And I had heard about so many people with different stories of how they actually were praying on people and saw the leg grow and move. And I just, oh, I believed it, but I, it was never something that I experienced. And here Paula shared with me and afterwards, but so we asked him to test it out, to, you know, to test it out the first time. Okay, a little bit, second time. And then he it was healed. He was healed and he was able to kneel down and he had this beautiful smile on his face and he just looked at me and one of his friends came up who wasn't, you know, a priest, it was a young, you know, girl in probably her early twenties. And she said, you know, father, father, did you just get healed? And I remember like kind of that feeling like, you know, oh no, cause usually it doesn't happen or, or, or not. And he said, yes, I did. I was healed. And I just remember, you know, falling on my knees and just thanking God that he has given me here. I was, you know, second year encounter student, just waiting for that. He, he, rejoicing in other people's healings, but waiting for mine and, and, and just being surrounded by those people that were, that I found so inspiring in my life, as well as my husband and give and healing a pre. I mean, I was just so taken back and I have to share with you my role in priests after that. I got a little side note here. The best time I enjoy is early in the morning. Sometimes Jesus will wake me up. You know, I, I started this practice when I was going through the divorce of waking up early so I could spend quiet time with Jesus. And, and then, you know, as my life got busier, he wakes me up um, sometimes. And one morning he woke me up and he said, pray for priests in purgatory. I said, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, pray for priests. What, what, what's the prayer, Lord? And in, in, in his, his just humorous way, he didn't respond. And so I had to come up with a prayer. And I just, out of my heart, I came up with a prayer, like, I th- you know, of these priests in purgatory. I would, I, and I just felt such honor to be able to do that. And later on that day, I came across a prayer for priests in purgatory. And so it was like, just in God's way of Patrice, you try it yourself, give it your best effort. And it was beautiful. But now I'm going to give you, you know, another prayer because I want you to do this. And I find that God has asked me to do things for priests. Um, and maybe it stems back to the healing that Father Proust, you know, and, and my, 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 my growing, yes, for my sister, that I, how much I love that man, that like my job, you know, here it was like 
this lowly person who felt like, oh, I'm a nurse, I will be able to heal, wasn't able to into my second year as an encounter student to really have that wonderful healing. And what an honor for it to be this, you know, devotion I have to this, this calling I have for priests to just administer to their needs, have it be just quietly in, in my bed in the early in the morning for those that are in purgatory or that beautiful young priest that he can genuflect on his altar. I mean, what a gift. So that to me was my marathon of healings. And, and that was, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. That, that is Jesus. Um, he comes to you when you're tired. It's not always the time that you want. It's the time when you are ready, you know, and what a gift he gave me with that healing. Wow. That is, that is awesome. I, I'm so happy that you are coming full circle in the, in the class and that you are stepping out turn around and pray with the person behind you. And, you know, people are right there. Right. The prayer that I use all every day is, Lord, put the people in front of me that you want me to pray with. Give me the right. words to say. And when I fail, or if or, if or when I say it fail, give me, have them hear what you want them to hear. And you you can say the same thing for healing and don't worry about the, the prayer in, that somebody else came up with. Worry about your own prayer, right? Your own prayer of, of healing for priests. And right. it, it, it's, you don't have to follow somebody else. You are in a conversation with a person of Jesus and just, you have a conversation. It's as if you were talking with you and, and Paula or you and Marie, you and Jesus. It's that same conversation. Do you script what you're saying with Paula or, or Marie or any of your other friends? No. Right. You, just, you just are chatting away. And that is the conversation that you have with Jesus. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's so easy, you know, too. Yeah. I think the faith and the boldness, and I think, and that's why I just want to encourage people, like, even people in encounter, sometimes, you know, ministry, like, it, you know, you know, my first year of encounter school was beautiful, and I was transformed, and there were so many great gifts I was given. And, but, you know, to, to get what you want when you are ready, it's, it's going to be different times for different people, but I just see an increase in boldness and faith, just like that, that God will back you up. You don't have to go always running to find the friends to help you. That if I were by myself and there was no Marie or Paula or Larry, you know, that I, I, I can do it on my own and he will equip me with what I need to say. That will be the right thing for those people. And I see that with you, Larry. You know, I've, I've watched you and I, I know how the Holy Spirit works by, by, by that way. And so I'm just excited, you know, to now, to now just do it and to know that I can do it on my own as well. You can and you will. And there's going to be many, many times 
that you will be by yourself. You're with one other person and all of a sudden there you are praying over that other person. And you have that holy boldness and just exercise that holy boldness. If, if I had a sore arm, is it going to heal by sitting there in a sling or is it going to heal? Well, forget about that. Is it going to heal better when I start moving it? <laughs> you've got to, you've got to exercise these gifts that you have received. And in exercising gifts, you are going to grow in them. And there are, there are opportunities every day. Mm -hmm. There are real opportunities every day. Have your eyes, pray for the Holy Spirit to just open your eyes and let you see, and then give you the holy boldness to step out. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm excited and ready for that. I'm, I'm excited and ready for that next step. And just like that, the, that, that holy boldness, just ready for what, whatever, you know, his plans are for me. It's never what, what, what you always think, you know, but it's what you need, right? It's maybe not what you, what you want or what you, but what you need, what he knows what you need. So, yes. And he will give you not necessarily what you desire, but he will give you what you're willing to do. I, you know, I wish I could do this, but I can't. I wish I could do that, but I can't. But you want me to do this, God. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, and that's where I, I, I feel I'm in a place of discernment of just like even my ministry right now, you know, because being a nurse and. And then my um, special devotion to priests, like whatever God wants me to do, even if it was just to be prayerful and, and pray in front of a, a, a Eucharistic adoration or, or praying on the comforts of my home for people, you know, saving of souls. I, I, I don't know what, where my ministry is going to lead. All I know is that I am, I, I am the um, servant of our Lord and he will let me know. So I'm, in, you know, patiently waiting. And in the meantime, just prayerfully and, and reading up, you know, I was sharing with you some of my books, because I feel like he, he wants me just to read and educate me, you know, just more on, on his love and his teachings. So, so yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. Well, I'm going to pray that your podcast now, your testimonial is going to touch people around the world. I hope that there are people in every continent to have a, a taste of this love that you, Patrice, have for Jesus and want to follow you. Going through the, the trials of, of divorce and then coming back together. And the, the people that have other challenges that you've had people that have had little sisters that are sisters that have had problems and you turn around and have seen it heal that person heal or a priest priest she was they're, they're up on the altar I, I guess they're very very special and they can't kneel they can't genuflect oh my and you are a person that has prayed over a priest and have him now genuflect kneel these are, these are some of the beautiful things that are, can happen 
from you sharing your testimonial. And you, you'll be able to share this testimonial that you have. You can put, put I'll, I'll show you tonight at school. Oh, I can't wait, Larry. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you uh, for coming in here and spending the time with, with me. And it has been a, a, a real blessing to have you right here. And in, you know, even though we're doing this on Zoom, it is a great blessing that you will have and be able to share now your testimonial. And when you're ready, we'll do a, we'll do a, more of a follow-up <laughs> on this when okay. you're ready. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. I love that. Okay. Right. Thank you so much, Larry. All right. God bless right. you. And before we go, just want to say goodbye to everybody that's uh, listening. Um, I just want to thank Patrice for being here on this uh, Zoom call and for being here with this testimonial. I want to bless her with the love of Jesus that she has. I want her to be able to give that love away. And I want everyone that is listening to be moved forward. Remember, we're on Spotify. It's Encounter Jesus Within Us on Spotify. Thank you and God bless. God bless you. you. God bless you. Thank you. For more content like this, please follow Encounter Jesus Within Us. Thank you and God bless you.